global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by National Realty. 30% returns on cash and rented real estate. Find them at NRIA.net. U.S. and European stocks gaining amid speculation that the recent sell-off was overdone as investors look past losses in Asian markets triggered by a weakening yuan. Crude oil is rising, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P 500 up 7 tenths percent or 13 points to 1908. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 7 tenths percent or 110 points to 16,305. NASDAQ's up 7 tenths percent or 31 points to 4466. Ten-year Treasury down 1132 seconds. The 1.81% yield on the two-year, 0.74%. NYMEX crude oil up 2.4% or 68 cents to 29.73 a barrel. COMEX gold is up three tenths percent or three dollars eighty cents to 12.1190 an ounce. The euro a dollar 11.35. The yen 114.18. U.S. manufacturing output rising in January by the most since July 2015. The half percent advance at factories, which make up 75% of all production, followed a two tenth percent decrease the prior month. And Priceline among the best performer in the S&P 500 today, the largest U.S. online travel agent jumping as much as 16% after reporting fourth quarter earnings at beat analyst estimates. It's now up 10.5%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Thank you, Karen. Well, Tom, how's this for a prediction? Uh, Sasan Garamani, president of SGH Macro Advisors, sent a note out last uh, Thursday, I believe, saying that within hours – he expected there to be an announcement of a peace deal uh, in Syria, a ceasefire, not a peace deal, but a ceasefire, and that that would be followed by a Russian-Saudi agreement on oil. Uh, very prescient. He did not say that they would be cutting oil significantly or that there would be peace in the Middle East, but uh, those two things <clears throat> were forecast ahead of time. So we wanted to bring uh, Sasan on and say, well, if you got that right, what's next? Uh, where do you see all of this going from here, Sasan? Uh, hi, Mike. Thank you very much for having me on. And I, I appreciate the uh, the um, very uh, nice introduction. Uh, well, we think that the um, the 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 oil agreement or uh, the oil discussions now are a very, very, very significant development for macro markets, for oil markets. Uh, and if I, there's kind of one message that I would like your viewers, to take away is that I think a lot of uh, what you are seeing and a lot of the skepticism uh, that you're reading about, you know, uh, sort of having a, an oil freeze between Russia and Saudi Arabia is, to a large extent, analysts, I think, are missing the forest through the trees here. And we are potentially, you know, on, on a, one of the, you know, bigger macro trades uh, of, the, of the year and one that impacts all markets, global markets. And the shift that occurred wasn't really um, last week. It actually started a little earlier in January uh, in Saudi Arabia. And that was essentially a, a subtle but very important shift uh, from the policy that they had vowed to pursue. Uh, if everybody recalls at the uh, you know, 2014 OPEC meeting where they sort of pulled the rug out from under uh, oil prices and said that they are basically pursuing a maximum production policy and that they would not uh, sacrifice market share 
uh, to the quote-unquote high-cost producers, which, you know, people can interpret as Russia, can interpret as shale, can interpret as, as uh, all of the above, uh, causing the plunge in prices down to the levels that we've seen recently. Um, what happened is, is, is clearly the strain uh, on, on finances uh, among all of the oil producers uh, in Saudi Arabia specifically, as well as in, in other countries. And uh, what has happened once we sort of reached this $30-ish level uh, in oil, I think was a big wake-up call. Uh, for everybody to start to, to for the producers mm-hmm. to start talking among themselves and to see how they could tidy up the market. So it's a big, yeah. big shift. Susan, you have such a heritage with your Iran attending a whole set of schools is the is the offspring of 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 a diplomat, the Anglo American School of Moscow, Tehran International School, and the acclaimed American School of Madrid. What do we most get wrong about your Iran? Uh, thank you very much, Tom. Uh, I think what people get wrong most about Iran is that the, um, the Islamic Republic is a very pragmatic, uh, leadership. And they are, it is a post-revolutionary leadership. You're in the second and third generation. And I think this is a, a, a holdover really from the 1980s, from, you know, from Khomeini, from the, uh, very sort of messianic government that 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 ran Iran at the time that to one that has turned into basically a government that's really trying to protect its own self interests and uh, and is in a bit of a defensive position quite frankly economically vis a vis the world and so on and so uh, you know I have a very good friend uh Karim Sajapur, and i I will borrow a quote that that he Please. uses, and uh, you may have spoken to him before. And he says that people think that the Iranian regime is uh, is, is suicidal, but it's not. Su- it might be homicidal, but it's not suicidal. And I think this yeah. is business is business. That's what people miss. Well, some people have suggested that uh, the big issue, or one of the big issues of the next couple of years, is going to be the Iranian face-off with the Saudis in the Middle East. Yes. Proxy war underway in Syria already. How do you see that playing out? Uh, that's. That is a – there is already a proxy war, and, 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 and it's been going on for a long time, as I, I'm sure you're all aware. It's not just in Syria. It's in, it's in uh, mm-hmm. Yemen. Uh, and those are really kind of the big hot spots. You know, to a lesser extent, there's some skirmishes in you know, Lebanon occasionally and so on. But those are the two big hot spots. And um, what is happening now, the, 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 and, and I would say it's, it's, it's almost a hot war. People underestimate – um, people are. There's been a lot of articles about the, um, you know, Hezbollah uh, involvement in, in yeah. Syria, but uh, the Saudis have been funneling an enormous amount of uh, of military uh, capability in, into oh. into the region. And uh, what's happening there is that the the Saudi um, young uh, deputy crown prince uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, has, uh, I think he's overextended it a little bit, and, and this is one of the issues. And uh, the U.S. policy, to put it in a nutshell, on Syria is, quite frankly, to sort of try to extricate ourselves from the uh, from right. from the from the region. <clears throat> and so, what what we are seeing is, you know, the, the Saudis talk about sending troops. This is sort of the, 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 the biggest news that you've seen recently is, is there's been an escalation. Do, will you see the action to go with the talk? 
I, I think they're hesitant to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's limited. This is a, and, and there, it goes back to my earlier point that I think they are a little bit overextended. Uh, Yemen is a, you know, is a bogged down in Yemen. And Syria, you know, quite frankly, the Russians are doing some mop up right. operations on Aleppo right now. So <clears> the, the, well, the Saudis are hiding behind the U.S. on this. They're it, saying, we'll send it if there's a U.S. led right, coalition. Right. Watch for that. E- even if there's the carnage in supply and demand microeconomics of oil, Sassan Garamani, is there a geopolitical amount in the price of oil at $30 a barrel? Do you have X amount of dollars? Is geopolitical risk, or is that an analysis of another era? Uh, I, I don't think there is. I don't think we have a extra bid in oil right now because of geopolitical risk. I think it's actually maybe even a little bit the opposite. You know, we've we've put out these reports since January. We've we've seen some bottoming of oil. Um, you saw some spike up off the lows, but I think there's a lot of skepticism, if anything, in the oil markets um, right now. And you're seeing that in the response to sort of these latest developments. What about Russia? What about China? What about Iran? Yes, yes, yes. But this is a long process. This is a confidence-building, trust-building process between big rivals um, and, and, quite frankly, enemies. Uh, but for practical reasons, and, and we are going into maintenance season, and, and I, I think it's uh, that we could their, their their objectives have been lowered. The Saudis, everybody would be more than happy to see oil at forty five, fifty dollar region now, and I see that as very, very plausible. I think we could we could okay. see that through the course of you know over the next right, right. few months. Actually, Sassan, thank you so much, Sassan Garamani, SGH Macro Advisors, particularly there on uh, the next marginal barrel, which I believe is heading out of Tehran uh, in a number of weeks. This has been a most interesting day. Thank you for your many comments on the appearance of the president, the newly minted president of the Minneapolis Fed, Neil Kashkari. We got a lot of headlines out of that and really strong language from him on uh, a symposium, a, a careful, measured analysis that will be done by his Minneapolis Fed on our larger uh, banks. It certainly was an important speech at Brookings. Congratulations to David Wessel and Brookings Institution for really driving forward uh, this conversation as they have in the last uh, 48 hours. With that, we say good morning, <clears throat> Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 FM, Bloomberg 1200 Boston, uh, waking up 960 the Bay Area. Good morning, Corey and Carol on here in a moment. And, of course, Bloomberg 1130 in a gorgeous spring-like New York today. I guess it's winter, but uh, it's certainly on the edge of spring as well. The market has that lift, too, at up 135, 16,331. The VIX better, 23.54 in by 0.57 VIX points. West Texas Intermediate, fragile earlier, think 5 a.m., $29.68, up 64 a sense of Brent crude, 33.06 a barrel. We are produced by YUN. Ken Felio, our global technical director from New York. It's Bloomberg Surveillance. <laughs>